Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's a Wednesday. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. Welcome to the program. Busy, busy next couple of hours. A lot of ground to cover uh, for a Wednesday on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. In about 25 minutes, we'll be joined by uh, Iowa State color analyst in both basketball and football. Eric Heft will join us as the uh, Cyclones uh, knockoff Oklahoma. Oklahoma State last night and what will go down as the Solomon Young game. Uh, certainly he was outstanding last night. And what does this mean for this team going forward? Certainly wouldn't hurt uh, to have Solomon Young performing. And maybe not necessarily at the level that he did last night. Uh, but uh, boy, if they can get to similar style or a similar performance out of Solomon Young, this changes things in a Big Ten that's maybe got a Big Ten, well, 12 rather, that's maybe got three or four teams at the top of it. And then we're looking for teams five, six, and seven. As I State fill one of those spots. Solomon Young certainly would help that if he plays like he did last night. Uh, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic will opine on uh, Iowa basketball and Iowa football. Boy, the Athletic's been busy. Uh, just because college football season is behind us, you'd never know it at the Athletic if you're a college football fan. Scott Dockerman will join us. He's in the state of Minnesota. I believe he's I think he's chasing around an Iowa recruit, Trent, ah. is kind of what I gathered, trying to do uh, a story on, um, on, I mean, I'm not sure which one it would be, but we'll uh-huh. find out at 1040 with Doc. We'll do football. We'll do basketball with Scott as the Hawks have a big one tonight. Rutgers pays a visit. Game must be uh, at Carver-Hawkeye because it's snowing outside. <laughs> what, uh, what the winter is to the Hawkeye basketball program is exactly what it was to Iowa State's football on Saturday of home no games. Uh, so we'll talk to Doc at 11 o'clock. Clock Cappy will join us. David Kaplan from Chicago. He's a weekly guest on our program. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible uh, to have Cappy. Now he's on the air, and if you're new to the show, the uh, disclaimer we put it out there virtually every week, but we have to tape Cappy at 8:30 uh, in the morning on Wednesday. So it's going to be you know two and a half hours old. Hopefully nothing major like a Chris Bryant trade or a Baez signing or whatever uh, will happen between now and then but Cappy will opine at 11 and then Nate Bolton who along with uh, Brad Zahn introduced uh, legislation yesterday and if I get way out over the tips of my skis when mm-hmm. I'm talking or talking about this legislation and introducing please stop me because I know nothing about it well you're, you're not going to the right person if you're looking for help <laughs> Not my yeah, strength true. either. Right. Good point. At least you can vote yeah. if you so choose. That's true. Uh, so, so Nate Bolton will be here uh, and we'll talk about the image and likeness that has now been introduced in the state of Iowa. He will join us at 1130. Just real quick on that. There's so much to cover. Kansas K-State got an opinion on that. Obviously want to talk about Iowa State's outstanding 
uh, effort last night out of Solomon Young and the team uh, in particular. But, but I mean, who votes against this, Trent? Once this it gets to the floor, right? Mm-hmm. Once, once it comes up for vote, what will, and I'm sure people will, I mean, but what, what, on, based on what? I guess is my is going to be my quite. You're not going to vote for this because you're against it. Why? I guess the thought process would have to be something along the lines of there are already scholarship athletes that are already getting yep. their getting cost of living stipends yep. now, which is different than past years. Mm-hmm. They already get enough in some people's minds, and I guess that's where any kind of pushback would come from. I'm not a believer in that. I don't Nor think that's going to be the case, and I think this is something as we've seen with bipartisan support. It's something more than likely that's going to be pushed. So Zahn's a Republican and Bolton's a Democrat. They're on <laughs> each side of the aisle. Okay, you know, let's get that. I, I need to check on. It. Anyways, but it's bipartisan, so yes. there's one of each. So, so good, right? It's not mm-hmm. like one party's going to be taking this and the other party's going to say, no, no, no uh, we don't, we don't want any part of this. With, uh, with uh, the two of them coming together, maybe it has a chance. But eleven thirty, we'll pick Nate's brain uh, on uh, what he expects, what kind of blowback he might receive when this could be enacted. I know California passed it, but not until two thousand and twenty-three. Uh, I've said my plan over the years, if, if I could, you know, if I was in charge, I would hold the money until eligibility is exhausted mm-hmm. or the student athletes des- uh, decides to leave school. He graduates, he or she graduates, uh, then pay them. And that's what they've proposed. So um, I'm, I'm good with what they put out. Right? I do have a bit of an argument against that. And the reason that I say it and, and look at it from this vantage point Many of the people that really need this money come from disadvantaged backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And during college, I didn't come from a disadvantaged background. wasn't rich. didn't right. grow up with money, but I mean, I could put food on the table. And these are the guys that need money. Mm-hmm. And college is difficult for most everybody. Right. But then you're talking about people from completely different backgrounds than North Iowa. Right. And practice prevents you from taking a job after school. Right. You're not working at the grill. Right. At at the Capitol. Right. Serving. Right. I, mean, can't, I can't work Wednesday and Saturday and i got to practice. Not dot, working dot, at Target, dot. pushing carts. Right. right. No, those, those guys, because I get your point. practice takes away. And they, this is the time more than any that they need money. Mm-hmm. And if they use the college experience and they graduate and get a degree and they go off and they're not a professional athlete, but they're using that, that's yeah, nice the money's there when you're, once you're graduating and you're finishing up your college eligibility. But during that four years, that's the time when it is lean and that money is needed. And I do wonder, you know, and this is going to, I think, depend on, well, it's going to depend on the NCAA because they know their day of free labor, it's coming to an oh, end. Oh, and they're bracing themselves for it. They, they really are. They're in back rooms, and the LA Times has a really good piece on it. I think it's today, actually. If it's not today, it's yesterday. Just, you know, what uh, kind of uh, effort that the NCAA is putting out there. They're making sure they're all on the same page. They want to get their talking points. Mm-hmm. But they know it's they know it's coming. So we'll talk to Nate Bolton at 11.30. But there's so much ground to cover in the, in the first segment of the program. Let's go to Lawrence, Kansas, for what we Whoa. saw last night, because this was... This was a game, Trent, that was, um, I watched it early, uh, but then Iowa State, Oklahoma State took over, and I, I didn't go back to it. Um, I was watching Illinois-Purdue as, as, as opposed to Kansas-K-State, and that was a good basketball game. And a kid got kicked out of the, uh, an Illinois player, Griffin, got kicked out yeah. for stepping on uh, one of the uh, Boilermakers who happened to be lying on the ground. So it was just one of those crazy nights. Maybe it was a full moon. But what we saw in Lawrence, look, I'm a hockey guy, mm-hmm. 
right? Fighting's okay. It was, it was. And I, not, not to this extent. Sure. But I know why D'Souza snapped. At least I have a pretty good... Now, not the chair part of it, right? Right. That's crossing the line. But when uh, the kid for K-State, Gordon, Dwan uh, Gordon... Zeus is dribbling the clock out, essentially. The game is over. They're up by 21. Rival or no rival. You let your opponent, yeah, if there's a minute left, a minute and a half, maybe, and it's still ridiculous to do when it's 21 and you're still fouling, but you see that from time to time, right? Unfortunately. But when it's as late in the game as it was, and Gordon comes up behind D'Souza and steals the ball, nobody's expecting at that point, and then D'Souza runs down the floor. Trent, that was a block of the ages. No doubt. That was an all-timer. But then he stood over him. Well, remember, too, this happened at Kansas earlier this year. Remember that game against Monmouth where the kid did that and went in for the dunk as they were down like 50? No. Yeah, it, it happened at the end of a game. They were dribbling out the clock. Some kid from Monmouth stole goes out, the, stole the ball, uh, and gets a lay-in with a second left on the clock, or maybe even as time has expired regardless, but he gets the bucket there. So this has already happened to Kansas, and I'm sure at the time they said, hey, we're not going to allow anybody to punk us anymore. Right. And then Kansas State tried mm-hmm. to do that. And they did it to the wrong guy because I, I mean this this guy's had a – checkered career at Kansas, and he's played his final basketball game, although that's not official yet, but there's no way in hell uh, that this guy can put on a Jayhawk uniform again. But here's where it gets even worse. So we got a couple of guys, K-State, kid by the name of James Love. He's not playing in the game. He's in his street clothes. He comes off the bench and involves himself. He's six foot eleven. He's a big dude. That's the guy with, I think he was wearing a white sweater, a white, he had white on anyways, and, and he and D'Souza got at it, and then it was on, and I don't know the layout um, of Fog Allen, but I think that we saw some handicapped people back there. Yeah. You know, um, D'Souza picks up a stool, puts it over his head. Thankfully, somebody came up from behind him. I've heard the spin put out there that he put it down on his own. No, he didn't. There's an angle that it does look like that. I did see an angle did last you? night. Yes. Well, then I stand. So do you believe he from, put it down on his own? I do. Okay. Because I saw this angle from behind. And, and the angle from behind, it's almost like he had this moment. Well, I, I, I saw two guys reach for it. Yes. And from the angle from behind, though, nobody makes contact. Nobody gets his arm, gets the chair, anything like that. It does look from that angle that he drops I it on I stand corrected. But here's the thing that maybe is bothering me about this and the way that it feels like almost all the arrows are going to DeSouza. Well, McCormick deserves a bunch. Oh, DeSouza's yes. teammate deserves a bunch because he stomped on a guy when he's on the ground. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was a player mm-hmm. or a fan that was on the ground because I never did see a clear shot of that. But I can see him kick a dude when he's down. Think of DeSouza. He's, got, he's surrounded by purple. Mm-hmm. He's got people all over him. He'd just been pushed over the stanchion. Right. Yeah, he's he was got, the Lone Ranger for a while, Trent. And there was nobody around. Uh-huh. Picking up the chair isn't right. No. Of course not. But you got dudes surrounding you. Mm-hmm. You ever been in a fight? You're looking for anything. Yeah. Now, for many of us, it's in a bar. And maybe that's picking up that beer bottle, something like that. But you're when you are surrounded and you have nothing else, you're looking for anything possible. He didn't use the chair. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I don't think he plays another I, game. I don't believe he will. At I Kansas think the Big 12 got to drop the hammer. K-State's uh, not uh, – K-State's going to, uh, I think, receive some uh, punishment in their own right. I mean, James Love, 
He's not even dressed for crying out loud and comes right. off the bench. He was the one, he was the, as much as D'Souza, if Love lets it go, I don't know if it goes any further. I'm not sure which one of the K, uh, the K-State players who was playing in the game uh, was the first, uh, the kind of the third man in, if this was a hockey fight, uh, the third man into the brawl. But look at, at the end of the day, if Gordon doesn't steal, and I get it sounds so elementary, right? It's mm-hmm. so... Oh, he stole the ball. Get over it. But at the time of the game, you're not expect you're dri- you're showing sportsmanship. You've called off the dogs. Let the seconds tick off. Shake their hand. Get in the locker room. Change. Get out of the building. Let Kansas celebrate. This is a rivalry game. It's always charged up, and even in a blowout, there's going to be emotion that's going to be a part of it. Uh, I did find that video I was talking about. Kyle Boone of CBS has it. Uh-huh. Kyle underscore underscore Boone is uh, where you can find that. So you can see that angle from back behind and see Where he puts it down on his own. It looks that way. Gotcha. That's at least how I saw it. And mm-hmm. you can take a look at it too and kind of but get your But it's the still picture, Trent. The, oh, I yeah. mean, That's ESPN, awful. they splashed, yep. splashed it everywhere and you can see it over his head mm-hmm. and he looks like he's about to bring it down. Um, so if he did put it down... I don't think it's going to make a difference as far as uh, how the punishment is meted out. All right, so let's move on and let's move to Hilton because I, I want to talk about this game. Oh, I had a joke here, too. You did? Yeah, I just wondered if uh, DeSouza is going to be suspended without pay. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Kansas, I, I, don't, I, don't I, have the, I don't have the no, rim went, shot ready. It went, over, it went over very well in Cyclone Nation. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it did. They're, they're Cyclone fans that are, that are uh, keel over, busting the gut right now. Um, but the game itself for Iowa State last night, I mean, am I crazy to think, look, there's Baylor, there's Kansas, mm-hmm. there's West Virginia, there's Texas Tech, and then there's who? TCU. Maybe, but... I mean, I thought Iowa State was every bit as good as... I know TCU won the game. They did. Game was in Fort Worth. Uh, Iowa State's got a chance to even the score when uh, when uh, the Frogs pay a visit uh, to Ames. Maybe it's TCU, but point being, I think that spots 5, 6, and 7 are wide open. No doubt. If Solomon Young, if he can give Prome anywhere close to what he gave him last night, they're not going to win the, they're not going to win the conference. They're not going to be second, third, or fourth. There's four teams clearly better than them. But stay away from the play and from the, the from the first night of the Big Twelve tournament. That's a win. Trent. And give yourself a chance because yes. we know how well this team and the way the fan base is going to travel down to Kansas mm-hmm. City, and this team starts to play better and they start hitting those outside shots. And you mentioned inside and Solomon Young and he's doing those things. This team could still make a run. Get in the four or five game. Get yeah. in the three six game. Who knows what's going to happen? But avoid the opening night of the tournament because winning four games in four days is nearly happen. impossible. Yeah, especially with this team. Yeah. Um, but man, oh man, him coming off the bench and giving him thirty minutes last night. I'm anxious to see. Now they're going to Auburn, mm-hmm. so we, they they uh, they move into the SEC. You know what does Prome do? Does does Young go back in? Is Jacobson coming off the bench from now on, or is it Young and Jacobson and Condit's coming uh, off the bench again? We're looking. I'm looking forward to talking to Eric Heft about all of those things. But it was more than this. That it was it was Rasir Bolton who continues his ascension. Tyrese Halliburton is worth the price of admission whether this team wins another basketball game or not. He is so fun to watch. He is so smart. And I know Iowa State fans know this, but enjoy him for the next couple of months because that's all you have him. And who does he remind you of? Boy, that's... Because I don't know if there's a person... If there's anybody... I mean, who is he? It's a really difficult comp because... He's so different, right? He is. The lankiness, the speed... The goofy shot that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, the I, perpetual smile on his I love yes. that about him. Yeah. He just looks like he's, boy, this is fun. I get to do this, go to school, play in front of these fans. This is I'm having a ball. 
trying to think of big point guards. You know, I thought I, Rubio maybe. But how a about an Iowa Rubio State. can shoot, no. especially early in his career? Anybody at Iowa State? I mean, I, that's, I'm going to ask Eric Heff that question. I mean, yeah, I don't think there is anybody. I don't think there is either, right? He, they broke the mold with him. He is uh-huh. a different type of player. He's incredibly efficient. He can run this team incredibly well. And he needs pieces around him, though. That That's one thing where he's not a building block type of player when you're talking about the next level. Though he'll be more than likely a lottery pick, certainly a top, round, uh, top half of the first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that you look at in his future He's a guy that's averaging 22 a game and eight assists. I don't see that being his kind of role. He is going I, to be I a different know. kind of NBA player mm-hmm. than that. He's not, when everything comes together, he's the second best team on a championship team. I, I don't think that's him. He needs players around him. He needs mm-hmm. people around him. And then that's when he's at his best. But exactly right. He just He's such a different kind of player. Oh, he's fun to watch, Trent. He's so much fun to watch. Again, enjoy him. Last night he was he was doing what he always does, right? Mm-hmm. Halliburton type of things. Playing every single one of the minutes that he was allowed to. And putting up big numbers. Facilitating. Making his teammates better. No-look passes. Just some of the stuff that this guy's got in his trick bag. Six and nine from three. How about the fact that the, the way they shot the ball after mm-hmm. missing their first 15 shots in Lubbock over the weekend and finishing 3 of 22, two of which were in the final minute by Trey Jackson um, to make that number look a whole lot better. They were 11 out of 24 from behind the uh, from behind the three-point line last night. And a little something to say certainly about playing at home sure. and how different it is shooting the basketball there as opposed to and the And your road. guy Trey, uh, uh, Terrence Lewis was hurt last night. Had an yeah. ankle, couldn't go. Trey Jackson was pretty good. Yeah, he was good. Yep, absolutely. I'm with you there. See those minutes starting to trickle Mm -hmm. up a little bit Mm -hmm. more. He's uh, been... Caleb Grill played more than he's... He played 15 minutes. Still need to get something out of offensive. Speaking of that, Mm -hmm. uh, Prentice Nixon, boy, he's been a long time since since he's hit a shot. Yeah. Does he ever do to make one? I think he had a couple uh, in Lubbock the other night, Another, uh, but a poor shooting night uh, again last night. But Bolton was terrific, and Halliburton was terrific, and Young was out of his mind with career highs. I'm with you on Jackson. Uh, needed that game, felt like it was not must win, but boy, it was really important. And and again, I don't know where they're going to finish, mm-hmm. but if Solomon Young continues to play like he did last night, Trent, I think there's a chance that they climb into the middle of the Big 12 Conference. I think they're talented enough to do that. And uh, last night, again, Oklahoma State hasn't won a game in the conference, so you got to you know, kind of reel yourself in a little bit, but uh, encouraging to say the least. Encouraging certainly on the offensive end. The defense, though, still leaves a lot to be desired. This is an Oklahoma State team that is bad offensively. Mm-hmm. And they still put 82 up in your building. So yep. I, think I really that's like Likely and Waters. I mean, those yeah. are two good players for Oklahoma State. But and that's McGriff, about it. McGriff's a man. I mean, McGriff is a man. Thick inside. Yes, absolutely. So who do they jump above to get into that top six? Because if you consider the bottom, Oklahoma State, Mm -hmm. Kansas State, and you throw Texas there. I think you throw TCU in there, too. You do? I think so. They're four and two. I know, but look, who who of the four beat? Do you have that in front of you? Uh, For TCU. For TCU's Big 12 wins, or who? They beat Iowa State. Okay, give them that one. K-State on the road. Yeah, they're at the bottom. Oklahoma State. At the bottom. And beat Texas Tech last night at home. That's a big win. That's a nice one. That's a nice win. Now, on the road, they've gotten clubbed. Yeah. West Virginia, they lost by 32. Yeah, West Virginia will do that in Morgantown. Oklahoma, beat them by 20 in Norman. And Oklahoma's at the bottom. So they still have to go to Baylor, to Tech, mm-hmm. to Texas, to Iowa State, and to Kansas. So maybe TCU right now would put. Look, I know we're we're trying to find the fifth team in the mm-hmm. big, but 
we started the week, I think, or finished last week with wondering if Iowa State could avoid the bottom of the conference. Right. You know, are they 9 or are they 10? Solomon Young plays like he does last night. They're going to, I think that that changes things. And that's good because I don't think they're a tournament team by any means no. yet, no. but they're, they're taking steps forward. Um, and we like the positive. We really do. All right. We've got Eric Heft coming up in just a couple of minutes. We will talk to the uh, color analyst uh, for Iowa State. They head to Auburn coming up uh, this uh, this Saturday. Uh, Scott Dockerman's going to join the program. David Kaplan is here. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. And Nate, Bol- Nate Bolton on that uh, uh, legislature that he and Brad Zahn put forward. Got some breaking news for the University of Iowa football team. Oh. He- Name that we brought up yesterday when we were talking Hawkeye football as uh, we were talking with John Bonacamp. Coy Kronk, a grad transfer offensive lineman, played at Indiana during his career, was injured last season about yeah. four games in, so got a redshirt year and now will be a grad transfer. He is listed as a University of Iowa student. So in he's student in class. He has enrolled in classes. This is breaking news from Blair Sanderson of HawkeyeReport.com. Interesting. Well, that's... Um what pos- what part what position he's on a tackle he's a tackle he's a tackle and does mm. that mean that he's your right tackle and Kallenberger can stay inside uh, Kallenberger played word. really well the last he month. did he did yep you got Linderbaum mm-hmm. you got Kallenberger of course yep. you have Alaric Jackson yep and now you're figuring that old other guard spot and you got a ton of dudes now and Banwart's back healthy mm-hmm. the guy that was a starter two years ago right. I thought we saw glimpses of Justin Britt this year. I think so. I thought no, he was, I absolutely saw glimpses of him. And, and then Kyler Schott, who was a revelation, mm-hmm. and he really solidified things. You got those three dudes fighting for one spot. Wow. Iron sharpened an iron. Mm-hmm. Maybe this offensive line. Even losing Tristan Wirfs has a chance to be pretty special next year. That's uh, that's good news for the Hawks. Well, Scott, uh, we'll uh, bring that up with Scott Dockerman when he joins us in about 20 minutes or thereabouts. But right now, it's time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio and 1040 WHO. 1460 KX. What did I say? <laughs> 1040. Is that what that sheet says? Oh, there's something in front of it. Yeah, there. Uh, uh, just let me move this. There, there I work go. at 1460, not at 1040. You do, you do. Right? That's, that's down the hall there. Three, two, one. It's time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio and 1460 KXNO. Text the keyword TAXI to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. Taxi to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation phone. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Eric Heft joins Trent and I next. It's Miller and Condon. Weekdays, 10 to noon, on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 100.6, 106.3. See, the, we'll here's we'll the deal. Yes. At the jock, back 20 years ago... Uh-huh. It was 107.1. Okay, yes. And that's ingrained in my memory. Mm-hmm. And it's now 106. I'll get it. And now on 106.3 FM. You got it. Thank you, Trent. Maybe, do, do I we should have, maybe we should have you do that. You, you want me to do I've that? Because I struggled part? for two days for whatever reason. You'll get it by, what's today, Wednesday? It's Wednesday. You'll have this locked up by Friday. The goal is the 11 o'clock hour. That's when you do it. Absolutely. We will talk to Eric Heft next. Scott Dockerman still to come. We're here until noon. Uh, come. Our mission. Welcome back, Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM as we take you uh, up until noon. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic still to come this hour, but let's get right to it, shall we? Eric Heff, color analyst, Iowa State. I'm going to say, Trent, 
Eric's in his sixth decade around the basketball program. Well, is that right, well, Eric Heft? Good morning, Eric. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I have to count them here. <laughs> I think it is from your playing days till your radio yeah. days. Yeah, I suppose that's yeah. true. Yeah, sorry. Wow. Yeah, I mean, congrats. You stood the test of time. Uh, but at the same time, we're both getting older. Um, you will. So everybody else yes. too. Don't let them tell you otherwise. I get it. Hey, you know, and why I want to bring that up is where I want to start with you. And Trent and I talked about this last segment. Trying to, I don't recall anybody like Tyrese Halliburton at Iowa State. <laughs> I really and truly don't. His length, um, what he's able to do, the joy that he has playing the game's not lost on me. I love to watch the kids smile and interact with his teammates, especially when it's going well. I get that, but boy, it seems like he's having fun. Who does he remind you of in your six decades uh, with the program, well, Eric? If anybody, I can't remember back very far, you know. But I will say, okay, uh, that, that's an intriguing question. I'm going to have to like take a composite of some guys. Okay. Um, uh, I'll take a six-five Monte Morris with mm-hmm. the joy of Nazmi True Long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everybody unique in their own way. But uh, Tyrese is a guy that really has, is somebody that is unique, but he does is. have characteristics. I mean, the joy that Naz had, the playmaking ability of Monte. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, six-five is a good deal. Yeah. That's it. It's a really good deal. It sure is. <laughs> well, got to enjoy him because it looks like this is going to be his final season in a Cyclone uniform before departing Maybe. early for the NBA draft. And this team got a win that they needed. Kind of, it felt a lot like the Oklahoma game a couple of weeks ago. Just the the necessary nature of getting back on the right track. Go back to last night. The offense was clicking, and they were shooting the basketball well. As a sign of things to come in your mind. Uh, all I hope so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know. We've actually had several games where we shot the ball well. It just it hasn't really translated moving forward that that often. So, hopefully so. Uh, you know, I thought Iowa State played really well. I thought they guarded really well for a long time, uh, and then Oklahoma State really got on a kind of a roll. Uh, and I guess the disappointing thing for me, as a, a kind of nitpicking here, was about five and a half minutes to go. Just the quick shots when you're yeah, up fifteen, right. kind of. It really let Oklahoma State stay in the game and really gave them some life. You know, but that's nitpicking because they found a way to get a win. Mm-hmm. And here's two teams that really needed a win. Uh, and I thought both teams really performed. You know, I couldn't have played any harder. I, I thought it was a really entertaining game other than the fact there were about 500 fouls. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, in, in uh, ESPN Plus, uh, I, I'm starting to become a fan of it, Eric. And, you know, I like the fact that they stayed on the air after the game. And really, I mean, where else are they going, right? And Coach Prome yeah. comes and sits on the set. And then Halliburton comes and sits on the set. So you get that right after the game, kind of the rawness of it. And Coach Prome said the exact same thing, that he didn't like the, the fact that they were putting up shots as quickly as they were in the circumstances, as you just alluded to. So it wasn't just you. Coach thought the same thing. Well, uh, yeah, well, we talk a lot. I think we have some of the same views about things. You know, but and I think it was pretty obvious to anybody that watched the game that you know, uh, we didn't really have to deliver a knockout. They really they had all the points you really needed. More important to run 25 seconds off the clock. You can probably still get a pretty good look. So, But I, I think the number one thing is what does that do for this team going forward, not just from a shooting standpoint, but from a confidence standpoint. Now, Iowa State's had a really tough schedule. When you look down the barrel – it doesn't get any easier. I mean, it's really going to be a tough stretch. You can find a way to get one or two, like Auburn, Baylor at home. I mean, 
uh, I, th- I think this team really has a lot of things they can get done, but they've got to be more consistent than they've been over the past month. One of the things Iowa State has been good at is certainly getting to the glass, and we saw that again last night with a different kind of weapon out there. The play off the bench uh, for Iowa State and what they were able to get in this game out of Solomon Young certainly didn't anticipate that. Does that lead to more minutes? Is this something that, that's been brewing? Early on this season, saw a lot of Solomon Young. I thought he played really well and then has been displaced at times this season. You look at Solomon Young, that performance last night through the roof. Well, that was unbelievable. Uh, uh, terrific. So happy for him. You know, he's been through more than a lot of most, most college athletes have been through just from an injury standpoint, mm-hmm. missing kind of a year and a half. Uh, and he's put the time in and it hasn't always worked out, but you know, he's been, he, he plays hard. Uh, but last night there was a, a level of effort that was really topped anything we'd seen before. Uh, when he wanted the ball, he was, and, and if, some if you're an A or somebody for Oklahoma State had it, he just took it from him. He was like stealing their lunch money. It was unbelievably good. I, I loved it. Now, going forward, what does that mean? Well, George Condit's played really well. Now, he struggled at the start of the game last night. You know, I, last night was a game where Iowa State was going to play only one big, just because of the nature of how Oklahoma State plays. You know, had, with George getting a slow start, if Solomon had come in and had a slow start, Mike Jacobson would have been in that position. So... You never really know in going forward who's going to have it the next game. Uh, George has played. I mean, people have been clamoring for George to get in the starting lineup for a while. He's been in there. And, you know, frankly, it's pretty much he's going to play about 15 to 20 minutes. And and, and so solo, who's going to be the most productive when they get in there? I thought one of the most telling things last night uh, Coach Prom told us after the game was he wanted to get solo out in the first half. And... He went down to George, and George said, no. <laughs> really? got to go and let him go, yeah. um, which I think that tells you a lot about, yeah. about George. And so these guys are roommates. I mean, so these guys have a great relationship. But that's, that was a, I think that was a, big, a good moment for, for this team when you know, things aren't always going well that you're still pulling for one another. No doubt about it. Uh, Rasir Bolton is uh, starting to look like the guy we thought that uh, yeah. uh, that <laughs> was going to come over from Penn State. Maybe it was a little slower to get acclimated or whatever. But since the beginning of Big 12 play, Eric, Bolton's a different player, uh, and, and and they need him, and he's been that the uh, last few nights. Well, you talk about a guy getting to the basket. I mean, he can knock down shots. We've seen that. Maybe not as consistently as he did a year ago, but he's starting to really become more consistent from the perimeter. But his ability to get to the basket is really huge. And if you look over the past like maybe five games or so, his assist numbers are really climbing. And where earlier in the year, his numbers were maybe two a game. And he's been around five or six assists a game here in, in recent games. And Boy, that bodes really well, too, because of sharing the basketball, his ability to get into the teeth of the defense, make the right decision and kick out. Earlier in the year, I thought when he got in there, sometimes he got in too deep and, and either turned it over or maybe got the shot blocked. But uh, his decision-making, I think, has really improved. And he is he still is a, 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 quite, a, quite a good athlete. I mean, maybe a, uh, as far as explosive ability, we haven't seen as explosive as he can be because – He's got a gear that he doesn't always use, and hopefully he'll start using a little bit more. Iowa State Radio Color Analyst Eric Heff joining us here. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Eric, uh, not all sunshine and rainbows, though. Defensively gave up 82 to Oklahoma State. Still some legs on that end of the floor. Look at the defensive metrics in conference play, and Iowa State is at the bottom of the league. What do you see on that end of the floor? What needs to be cleaned up to become a better defensive team? Well, 
you know, I thought Iowa State defended really well for a long stretch last night. And then Oklahoma State, who's actually shooting <clears throat> worse beyond the arc than, than Iowa State, some of their guys that hadn't been making shots started making threes. A little lack of attention to detail at the end of the first half kind of <clears throat> allowed them, you know, to get, what, what, 35 points in the first half. And the second half, uh, where Iowa State had been really good in the first half in terms of rebounding the basketball. I, what really killed them late was, you know, Sure, Oklahoma State made some threes, but they got about eight offensive rebounds in the last ten minutes uh, that really gave them an opportunity to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. I think, once again, uh, if Iowa State shuts their water off there, I think they got about 12 second-chance points. I mean, that's what kept them in the game. Iowa State's got to continue to rebound. Uh, even though they're not going to be a great rebounding team, they have rebounded better, and they did for about 34 minutes. Boy, those last six minutes were really a struggle on the boards. Yeah. I think that's one thing. But once again, attention to detail. Sometimes they're locked in, and sometimes not as much as you'd like. Yeah, Zagwa got it going, and he's a great three-point shooter, and he started making some shots. Eric, last thing for you. I want to go to Lawrence. Just, uh, I'm sure you've seen the, the uh, highlights or the lowlights, if you want to put it that. Uh, you saw the uh, you saw the brawl. Uh, James Love, who wasn't playing in the game, he gets involved. Uh, D'Souza is D'Souza, and we saw that. And you know, the kids stealing the ball. Gordon at the end. Can you? I mean, it just. Gordon lit the fuse by by stealing the basketball, and and maybe yeah, D'Souza yeah. should have just, you know, he made that monster block. Maybe it should have, obviously, it may not. Maybe it should have ended there. Would have worked out better for everybody that it, if it did, but it didn't. What happens now, Eric? Going forward, I mean, the the conference I think has to involve themselves, don't you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure they spent a lot of time this morning trying to dissect what exactly is going to happen. You know, I thought, well, the crazy thing was, and Fran Fraschilla made a note of it, uh, as I kind of tried to catch on the uh, DVR when I got home last night, was, you know, why they had to come back out. Right. You know, why, why are the officials looking at this? I mean, there's a point where you say, hey, we got to cut our losses. I mean, the clock had expired, and I know the new rule says you have to go back uh, and play it out to the end, uh, in part probably because of of gambling or yep, whatever. That's true, uh, uh, you know. So, but man, that was a time I, I thought, why why are the officials looking at the monitor? The league is going to sort all this stuff out. But man, it's going to be suspensions. Uh, it's going to be fines, and you know, DeSosa. I mean, after what happened to him, mm-hmm. you know, missing a year and a half <laughs> and sticking it out and staying there. You know, I don't want to say I feel too sorry for the guy because he was certainly a major instigator. Right. But, and he's had a really star-crossed year. just hasn't really worked out for him. But uh, I don't think he's going to be playing. Ever. <laughs> for, maybe. Maybe yep. not. I mean, it's going to be a long time. So that's, that's a bad situation. It's a black eye for the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two schools don't like each other. Sure, somebody started it by stealing the ball. Mm-hmm. But you know what? <laughs> Clock's still running. It's not. It's not a really good idea to do it. You know, but the Sosa did a great job of going down blocking. The he shot. sure did. <laughs> and he stands over the, the the guy on the floor who he shot. Well, he didn't do anything. Right. The guy who comes over after the stare down and puts the shove and gets it all thing, whole thing started. Yeah, not good. And then McCormick stomping uh, on a guy who was on the ground. McCormick's going to miss some time. Yeah, too, for, for sure. sure. Deserves uh, to. And, but I don't know about any of the state players. Uh, well, it's hard for me to pick them all out. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I kept watching. Every time I'd watch it, I'd see something I didn't see the time before. Eric, we're out of time. Great to catch up with you, my friend. We'll talk soon, okay? 
All right, sounds great, guys. See you good, later. Yep, good to talk to you. Eric Heft, color analyst for Iowa State. All right, from the clones to the Hawks with Scott Dockerman next. We will catch up with Doc when Miller and Condon continue. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106. 106- Sports Station 1460 KXNO and now 106.3 FM. He's Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He covers Iowa. He pines on the Hawks, football and basketball. And he joins the program from the state of Minnesota where he's catching up with with uh, Y.A. Black. Y.A. Black, the only Minnesotan in uh, the recruiting class. Is that what you're doing up there, Doc? How are you? Good to catch up with you. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm sitting at this uh, wonderful rest stop on I-90 because it's snowing like crazy, and I thought I'd rather do that than drive while I talk to you. But, yeah, I was up seeing uh, Y.A. Black in Marshall, Minnesota, in the, in the western part of the state, and uh, he is everything that you thought he would be. I mean, very big, tall, long arms. Uh, you know, it really looks like a, a, quite a specimen. I'd like to see what he can do at Iowa in a couple of years. Defensive end prospect, and you mentioned that length that he has. Does he have the frame to be a guy they got need some help on that defensive line, and certainly at the defensive end as a guy that can get to the quarterback? That kind of player is he more developmental? Yeah, that's really hard to say. I mean, I don't know if he can come in and, and play ten snaps a game. Um, he's not a forty snap guy. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that nobody really is that comes in like that. Epineza was the closest who could do that, but I think he's capable uh you know he's got his 260 pounds on him right now uh chances are he'll be 290 before it's all said and done uh really big guy and, and and great frame so i would say you know there's probably an outside chance that he could sneak in on a few snaps this year but most likely you're looking at it down the road uh we're speaking with scott dockerman from the athletic doc uh, coy cronk who started uh, four games at left tackle on a team that won eight regular season games, gave up the bowl game to Tennessee as Tennessee scored a couple of touchdowns late to, uh, to make Indiana eight and five on the year. But nonetheless, this was a good football team whose left tackle was hurt after four games and missed the remainder of the season. Next uniform he puts on apparently is going to be a Hawkeye uniform as he's enrolled in school. Good news for the offensive line who loses Tristan Wirfs to the NFL draft. Oh, it's huge news. And, uh, you know, what's funny is when I first saw that he entered the transfer portal, I reached out to a couple of people in Indiana, and they thought he was going to Iowa State. That that was the mm. So the fact that he's going to Iowa is certainly is interesting. But, you know, he's got, what, 40 career starts, was a four-year starter at Indiana. Um, you know, actually, the interesting part was I guess they were going to shift him to guard this upcoming season, and he didn't really want that. Now, uh, what does that mean at Iowa? Well, he's He's not going to be a left tackle, I can tell you that. Right. Alaric Jackson. So, uh, but somewhere in there, I, I think you've got a guy who's going to solidify that offensive line, and and that's really important and impressive for Iowa to pull him off. I, I'm I'm curious on the other side of the ball, though. I, I really think the defensive line is where they can use one or two more uh, grad transfers like this. But uh, this still is a, a good pull for the Hawkeyes. I think he can solidify either right tackle or one of the guard spots. Going to be interesting, and certainly a lot of names in the mix. I want to get your perspective on Cole Banward. He was forgotten this year with the injury. Guy that's been banged up throughout his career. Where he is in terms of coming back from that injury and and how impactful it was. 
Well, he's a, you know, it's an ACL, so he's done and, and done for the, you know, up until probably, uh, you know, doing workouts and in the spring. I can't imagine him even doing contact drills mm-hmm. in March or April. But uh, if he's healthy, he's a he's a high caliber player, and I would expect him to step in and and contribute, if not start. He's uh, somebody that they really liked as a sophomore and and, and as a junior, but he, he's really had a lot of problems with injuries over time. You know, some guys can overcome that and have a great senior year. Usually we do see those stories from Iowa. This was not one of those years. So if he can get healthy in time for training camp, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him starting out there. But I think there's going to be a robust competition at that spot. Uh, A couple of young guys I really like, Justin Britt, and and I really like uh, uh, Cody Ent. Uh, Kyler Schott stepped in and played had a really good season Mm -hmm. as a sophomore for Iowa. Um, and then, you know, as we mentioned, Cole Bandwurst, you know, Mark Kallenberger started a bowl game and started five overall. So I think they've got a, a lot of good young talent. But um, I think what this uh, transfer signifies is Iowa's all in on right now. They're not waiting around and, and hoping to develop guys and maybe they'll get there. No, they're, they're pushing forward. Uh, Scott Dockerman is our guest uh, joining us from The Athletic. As we uh, switch to college basketball, Doc, I know he won't make it back in time for the game tonight, but uh, back to last Friday before we take a look at Rutgers-Iowa, two teams that are really uh, in a battle for their place uh, in the Big Ten, where they fit in the Big Ten standings-wise. Should be a good one tonight, but it was a really good one on Friday night. Uh, As we've said, Doc, uh, the last couple of days, I can't recall... (laughs) Um, a game that I enjoyed as much in the Big Ten uh, as, as what we witnessed on Friday, the ebbs and flows, Iowa in the lead, then Michigan roaring back and taking the lead late, and then Iowa finding um, you know, something extra at the end of that basketball game to, to put it in the win column. Boy, that was fun. It was. I, I think you know that one and then the Penn State one at the Palestra have been two of the more entertaining yeah, games. Yeah, good point. It's yours, and... And uh, what I really liked about it was it just felt like one of those old-school Big Ten games. I wrote it kind of in that angle that, uh, you know, back, way back when, 25, 30 years ago, it was about beating your, your conference rivals, and then the NCAA tournament kind of took care of itself. Now it's all about talking about March Madness, and then you kind of forget these games. But, man, that was entertaining. I mean, two teams playing hard, big runs during the game, and then at the end, what we saw, you know, big shots from Iowa. You know, Ryan Creener coming off the bench. It, you know, had 11 straight uh, points or whatever in, in, a, in a big run in the first half, and then had a big three, at, at, you know, late in the game. And it probably as impressive as anything to me was the way Iowa can stop Michigan in the last couple of minutes. Iowa went straight man, which usually is a recipe for disaster for this team. But they really uh, bucked up, and they were able to, to do a lot of good things and. It was a it was, it was an impressive victory for Iowa against the team that had already beat them, had already scored a hundred points on them, and yet it was kind of defense that helped get them the victory this time. Here comes the nationally ranked Scarlet Knights, something <laughs> I've never seen in my thirty nine years on this planet. Last time they were ranked nineteen seventy nine. Rutgers team Crazy. that is built differently. Uh, they are defensive oriented. They're going to get up and guard you different than what you see on the defensive end from Michigan Friday night. A little bit, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah. But I will say this, you know, most years I'd look at Fran McCaffrey as potentially the Big Ten Coach of the Year, and, and you know, and that may still be the case in a couple of weeks or a month. But when you look at what Steve Peichel has been able to do at Rutgers, style of play that he's been able to manage, that's just been uh, as remarkable of a turnaround as I can ever recall. I mean, I think it was in 2016, I want to say, 
They allowed somewhere in the neighborhood of 83, 84 points a game in Big Ten play. They lost 20-some-odd games in a row. It was just it, it was as bad in basketball as it is currently in football. And, and yet, here he is. He's got him, you know, within a, a full game of the Big Ten lead. And uh, they're ranked for the first time in 41 years. They're playing well. They're, they're tough and they're physical. And, and they make shots. And they've got good players. And they've got depth. They, they look like a legitimate Big Ten team, and who would have thought that even just a few years ago? So uh, this is uh, this is an important game for both teams. Both are ranked, and um, it really kind of, uh, you know, if, if Rutgers could come to Iowa City and get a win in a year where I think home teams are 43-9, and nine, mm. uh, it, it would be really impressive. That said, if Iowa wins, that's three straight home games over ranked opponents, and that's also impressive. So uh, I don't think this will hurt or help, you know, I don't think this will kill either team to lose or, or you know, help either team get to the tournament with a win. But I think it really is an important game just from kind of setting the, the next step in the season. Yeah, Brad Enderwood might have something to say about yeah. that coach of the year, too. That Illinois yeah. going on the road right. last night and uh, picking off Purdue. Kofi Coburn is so fun to watch play. He was God, stud. he's going to be good when it's all said and done. Uh, so, Doc, I mean, just uh, some of the, um, you know, some some of the roster, I guess we got to, I mean, Garza goes without saying, right? He's, he's in conversations now for National Player of the Year. It's about time, but he's starting to creep into, into some of those conversations. Not saying he's going to win it, but he has to be in every conversation when you're, you know, talking about the guys that are going to be considered. But CJ Frederick, um, you know, he's, he plays like a freshman one time down the floor. You're thinking, oh my God, what's he doing? And then he makes a big shot, makes a big three. He's chirping with Wagner, who I guess was trying to give the business to the Hawkeye bench, and the freshman was having no part of it. Boy, oh boy, he's going to be a real popular dude uh, when people are talking about a Hawkeye basketball before his career is all said and done. Without a doubt, he's already there. I mean, last week, freshman of the week, uh, you know, he scored, what, 21 uh, against Michigan. I mean, and, and to come back from a stress reaction, that is a really painful injury uh, to your foot. I mean, he's in a walking cast, you know, for a couple of days, and, and yet here he is. He comes out and he has some, you know, big points against Northwestern, a major performance against Michigan. Um, you know, when Iowa is really kind of rolling offensively, You've got kind of a triple-headed monster there with uh, with Garza, Wieskamp, and and uh, Frederick, and you know Frederick can really fill it up from the outside. Wieskamp's got just an inside-outside great, great game, and and Garza can do so many different things. And uh, no matter if people are doubling him or you know fronting him, whatever they're trying to do, it just doesn't work. So uh, and, and then to be though the, the glue of this team is Connor McCaffrey. Yeah. And uh, you know whether or not he scores is irrelevant because he's just such a tough kid and and really helps do whatever he needs to be done. I mean against Michigan he didn't score, but he had 13 rebounds and 5 assists. That's exactly what you want when you've got prolific scores throughout the court. So, um, I think everybody should appreciate the mental toughness on this team. It's got a short bench, uh, sustained a lot of injuries but fought through them and fought through that adversity. This is a fun team to watch. This is uh, probably as fun of a team as I've uh, covered, you know, under Fran McCaffrey because they're just capable of, of fighting back every single minute of the game, and that's really fun to watch. No question about it. Scott Dockerman for the Athletic Doc Drive safely, uh, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic as uh, we take a look at the Hawkeyes. Important one. Only regular Ooh, season meeting, seeding process. Yes. Come Big Ten and win one for Nicholas Bear.
Rutgers ruined senior day he last remember year. That. Yes, he did. And one of his teammates brought that up at the press conference. Oh, did yes, they? Yeah, that's not lost on them. 11 o'clock hour next, 1460 KXNO, 106.